This is the weekly podcast from San Jacinto, Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. We believe that God desires for all people in all ages to experience Him in a real way. And we pray this message inspires and encourages you in your walk with Him. If you'd like to learn more about our church or connect with us, visit us online at sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. Second Samuel chapter 12. We'll be there for the message this e- or this morning. When you're there, say amen. Amen. All right. Second Samuel, starting with verse 13. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because this deed you have given, because of this this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Have you ever thought about your sin as a Christian, how it gives an inlet for for the enemy to come against the Lord? This is what basically is being said here, because the way David lived his life and the sin that he, David had, it caused the enemy to be able to blaspheme the Lord. And then he goes on and says, The child also who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. Let us pray. Tell me, Father, Lord, this morning we thank you again for your presence here. Thankful for every person here today. Thankful for those that are watching online today. And Father, we pray when it comes to this time of the preaching of the word, we pray that you'll just open our hearts, God, that it will minister into our lives, God, that it'll be life-changing. Lord, may it just give us the peace that we need today. And Lord, I pray for the unction, God, to present it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, these verses that we've read this morning on the screen or in your Bible, uh, they're they're following after Nathan, through God's help, had revealed David's sin with Bathsheba. It was a, a secret sin, but Nathan came and, and through God's help revealed that sin to David. He immediately confessed his sin. David was always quick to respond when he messed up with the Lord. I mean, that's a good habit. That's a good habit to be in when you mess up. Get it out of the blood quickly. Amen? And so David did this. He confessed. And, but Nathan had told him he would not die which was the penalty for adultery and murder, and David had committed both of them, and that was the penalty for that. But Nathan says, you will not die, because God gave mercy. However, Nathan told him the baby that Bathsheba and David had together would surely die. Now listen, think about it just for a moment. David was rejoicing over the fact that he would not die. He knew the penalty of the law. He knew what would would be required for the sins that he had had, had committed. And and so when he heard the words from Nathan saying, You, but you surely will not die, how many would have rejoiced in that? If you knew exactly where your sin was and exactly what the penalty of it was, would you not just rejoice a little bit for a moment maybe? How many rejoiced when you found out that you were a sinner and you gave your life to the Lord and He forgave you of your sins? Remember that joy that came in? So this is where we got David. He rejoiced for just a moment, but listen. 
And then next he was derailed by the news that the son that him and Bathsheba had would die. One moment good news, the next moment bad news. It's like, what do you want first? The good news or the bad news? He got the good news first, and then the bad news came that surely the boy that you and Bathsheba had together would pass away. Talk about being on a mountaintop and then getting into the valley quickly. This is where it was. Because David was a very caring man. David had a very compassionate heart. He wasn't somebody who was all about him. David cared about others. And you see it in his lifetime. So when he heard the word that this boy was going to die because of his sin, it had to move him somehow. So as what can we learn from David in this moment of disturbing news? And I think it's important. You know, I think we should be trained as Christians to handle certain things. We need to learn how to handle things in a different way, in a, in a way the Word of God would proclaim. I want to give you this first thought. As people of God, a spiritual plead is always in order when facing devastating news. A plea with God is always in order when facing devastating news. When we get news that seems to be certain, and this is what the news David received about the child was secondhand news, but listen, the secondhand news he got was very powerful. And I call it secondhand because God gave the news first to Nathan, and Nathan gave it to David. I've heard some secondhand news that was not very reliable. Have you ever been there? You think, well, I heard this, and you go to that person and say, I heard this, and they say, well, that's just a total lie. I mean, we've all been in that in our life, in that situation, but David didn't have to, he didn't, he didn't never think about it not being true because it was certain news because it came from God and through Nathan, and Nathan gave it to God that said, this boy will die. It was a certain thing. That had been spoken to him. This had to be overwhelming to David just a little bit to know that his son would not make it, that his son would pass away. After all, it wasn't his son's fault. What happened between him and Bathsheba was not the boy's fault, but God said, This boy shall die. There's a lot of things to think about when you just take a moment and meditate and reflect upon the scripture. So he trusted, when he heard the word, he trusted the source was accurate. And he knew that it was certain. You know, over the last day, decade, you, know, you talk about stuff that you get that you know is certain. It has a way of impacting your life, right? It has a way of maybe just setting you back a little bit. Over the last decade or two, I've had news been given to me that is certain. I've been told that I got heart disease. And that's certain. No matter if I deny it, I still got it. I was told that I had cancer on my nose. It was certain. I seen it every morning when I looked in the mirror. And I could see it on my nose. And I thought, what are you doing there? I was told I have devotecula, devotecula, which is, turns into devotechulitis when you, if you don't take care of it and all that. And my doctor told me when he, when he examined me, he says, hey, most people just have a little, little stretch in there, but your whole colon has it. You're blessed. And I thought, that doesn't sound very blessed to me. And then 
Just last year, I was told that I got diabetes. Certain news. And all of these are certain because of the tests that they have ran on my body. And when I read my health report, I think, man, I'm falling apart. I don't know how I get out of bed. But it's certain things that have been told about this vessel that God owns, not me, needs some handiwork. Listen, when the news is accurate, it really plays on your mind. It messes with you, and I know all of us have that news every now and then. Hezekiah in the Second Kings, listen, how would you like to be Hezekiah in Second Kings chapter 20 when the prophet, the man of God comes, Isaiah comes in and says to Hezekiah, he looks him in the eye and says, get your house in order because you're dying. That's, that's quite a thing that would shake you up if someone walked in this morning, looked you in the face. David says, get your house in order because you're dying. I miss David sitting right there. But when we have moments like that, that are certain, we know they're from God, the thing is accurate, and when we know this, this is not a maybe, but when it's certain, we, it just kind of has the ideal that it messes with us a little bit. I can name many individuals that were told by the doctor that there was no hope. And I can tell many, or, or name you many individuals that said all that's left is hospice. And there was not arguing, there's no arguing the fact because what was happening in their body was sure. It was certain because what the doctors were speaking was definitely what was happening to each one of them. And I could see the look upon their face and I could see the, the, the thing that was happening. It was certain. How many of this morning have had news in your life that is certain and the news is not all that pleasant, but yet you're sitting here and you know without a doubt it is truly what is happening in you or maybe in your family or maybe in your life is certain to your life. This is where David was. What God has spoke, there was no if, and, or but. It was certain news that was to take place. Listen, no matter the news, we should move, we should be moved by possibility and go after God. See, y'all thought I was going to preach all negative. But you know, no matter the news, we should be moved by possibility and go after God. David's news was certain. There was no arguing about Nathan, whether or not that was from God. I mean, sometimes when we have a, a, a different things in the church, we say, was that from God or was that not from God? And, and I get all of that. But there was no doubt when Nathan spoke this, Nathan was a prophet. David did this very thing. No matter the news, we should be moved by possibilities. If you look at 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 21 and 22, listen to what David told the servants. I know I'm jumping way ahead of the story, but I've got to go there and I'll come back. But when the boy died, David did something different, and the, the servants couldn't figure out why David was doing what he did. And David gave them this excuse in in. in in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 21. Then his servants said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. Now listen to what David said. Even in the face of certain news, he said, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? 
Listen, David in that midst of that news that he knew God had said it, he also lived in possibility. He sought God in possibility. He went after God in possibility because he knew that God may change his mind. God. Maybe David had read or heard the story of how Moses had gone before the Lord when the Lord says, I'm going to wipe them all out. And, and he called them Moses' people. I'm going to wipe all your people out. And Moses says, they're your people. Y'all remember the story? And, and, and God relent from doing that. And then God says, I told Moses, he says, I'm going to send up my, my angel with you, but I'm not going. And, and Moses pleaded again. And, and God says, okay, I'll go. So maybe that's where David got the attitude or David got the thought of what he needed to do. But he looked at certain news, certain news that was there was no doubt it came from God. And he says, maybe there's a possibility. How many of you want to know about a possibility this morning? I'm saying today, even though the news may be certain, we must move forward in possibility because God is all things are possible. David moved forward in that. Maybe it's just been his own experience how God had changed some things in his life that were certain. I'm going to give you one scripture, a possibility this morning that should move us all, even when things look so certain. Matthew 19, 26, it says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is possible, but with God. Come on, with God. But with God, all things are possible. My friend, that is for the believer. That is for those that have their faith in God. That is for those that have maybe be faced with news of, in, of, of certainty that's not good. I, I, it never changes from situation to situation. We are to believe. We are to be moved by possibility. I'm going to tell you, it may look bad, but it's possible that God may change it. David heard it, but David says, My God, he has been known to relent of certain things things. Maybe, maybe there's a possibility that God will change his mind. Move with possibility. Next thing is therefore, we should do all we know to get a response from heaven. If we truly believe that there's possibility, if we believe this, and there's no question that David believed it because David said, who knows whether or not God would show him favor or grace and change his mind. There was no doubt for it, so or doubt of it. So therefore, David went forward in pursuit of what he knew it would take to change the mind of God. Listen, 2 Samuel 12, verses 16 and 17. It says, David therefore pleaded with God for the child. Why was he pleading? Because he believed there was a possibility. How many believe this morning there is a possibility? We never know until God shows up. Amen? There's a possibility. That's what I love about serving our Lord is possibilities. 
Listen to what he did. Therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted and went in and laid all night on the ground. So the elders of the house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he would not, nor did he eat food with them. And if you really study the passage, it was for seven days he did this thing. He did all he could He did all he knew to get the right response from heaven. David prayed or pleaded with God, which is the same thing as saying that he prayed. He had prayers going up, pleading with the Lord. He not only did prayer, but he fasted. I know that's a bad word. Fasting. But sometimes... That's what's needed to move God's hand. And then he laid face first on the ground after night, night after night, pleading with God to give this child life and not to take his life. Could you hear the prayer of a dad saying, God, oh, it's not this boy's fault. It was my fault, Lord. Oh, please give him mercy. Oh, give him grace. Don't take his life. He did nothing to deserve you taking his life. Could you hear the pleading night after night after night? fasting and his servants would go by and they'd say he's not eating he's not drinking he's pleading before God why? because he had a possibility and the possibility made him do whatever needed to be done to get a response from heaven he pleaded and prayed unto the Lord can I tell you this morning that when we're in those situations we should go after God also I, I don't, you know, I, I believe going after the Lord in, in situations in our lives. I believe doing what it takes to get that response from heaven. You know, but I've seen people when they've had devastating news, says, I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell anybody else. And I get it sometimes. But I'm going to tell you something. If I'm thinking about possibilities, I got over myself. I, uh, a while, a few years back, when, when I went to the cardiologist and he says, you've got blockage here and you're going to have to get open heart surgery more than likely. It doesn't look like you're going to have, be able to have stents. And I'm going to tell you, I've seen people, I don't, that's, that's a tough surgery and some of you had it in here and I'm not interested in it. And so I, 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 Went to the hospital to get ready for another heart cath, and, and, and I'm all down. I'm really down and depressed. I might have smiled on Sunday, but I was frowning during the week. And I was at that hospital, and I was trying to figure out to get all set up, and, and some old guy came in there, and he couldn't whistle a, a tune. I mean, if you had asked him, he couldn't whistle, but he was whistling, I, my God is faithful, or God's faithfulness, and I heard, I recognized the tune, and on the way from there, you know, I thought, you know, I'm calling the district, and I'd called them before, I said, get me on the prayer chain, pray for me, I'm not keeping this to myself, I'm getting some prayer warriors involved, I'm not going to just depend on me and my family, I'm going to depend on others to start praying. Pastors started praying for me and I'll guarantee you when I was going around the loop on we lived out on Western, something burning in my chest started taking place about the exit of Western and when they got in there with a heart cap, it was open, it was good. I'm just saying today, it's good to make war. Hallelujah. It's good to seek God because God does amazing things. 
When we get that news, it's just overwhelming. Sometimes we need to get involved and let people get involved and pray. I believe there's been many people not get an answer because they kept it all to themselves. And I get it sometimes. I understand that. But have a prayer warrior team that you can trust. Get prayer going. Because God does amazing things. David went after God in every aspect that he knew how. He prayed, he fasted, he pleaded, he didn't get sleep, he did not rest. He went after God in a spiritual way. And we should also, we should call the elders, have them anoint us with oil. We should have a conversation with God. We should fast and pray. And we should go after God in every way we know to get a response from heaven. Amen? Because that says that we have faith. Listen, we have faith in the possibility that God may step in. That God may enter in having that faith. Listen, when we, we, I talked about Hezekiah earlier. Hezekiah did this very thing. When the Isaiah came in and says, hey man, get your house in order because you're going to die. The Bible tells us in 2 Kings verses 20, verses 2 and 3, Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth with loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Who wept bitterly? The king of a nation wept bitterly before God, saying, God, change this thing. And it said the prophet heard from God, not very, I mean like an hour later, I may be exaggerating there, but I think that's right. How many of y'all know? Okay. Turned around and the Lord says, go tell, go tell Hezekiah, he's got another extension on his life. Why not respond in a way? that we know to, in order to get a response from heaven. Listen, David did everything he knew to change God's mind. Everything. He prayed, he fasted, he pleaded, but yet God said no. Yet God said no. I'm going to tell you, I, I get it, I name it, claim it, faith but sometimes God says no you know what that's the truth the reality I'm not if God well, I'm not going to blame it on a faith thing sometimes God says no there's an old saying and I'm sure some of you heard it some things are meant to be and we usually say that when something can't be changed or something is just going to be that way and those are hard words to take, but the truth is, I think we have to learn to understand that some things are meant to be. And those are not. Not everybody gets a trophy when you play t-ball. That's life. Amen? I think we do our kids an injustice of not teaching them how to handle problems. And it's the same thing in the spiritual world. I think we do the, the Christian injustice when we say everything's rosy, you'll never have a problem. 
And every prayer will be answered that you pray. And God will always be there to prosper you. I'm saying today, we have to learn how to walk as Christians. David got an answer. And the answer was no. It was meant to be. I remember a while back, well actually 23 years ago. you got to watch a man, he'll say, well just a while back. 23 years ago. My dad had passed away, and it's been right at 23 years now. It'll be 23 in April the 13th of this year. And I remember my brother Bobby and I, we were in the funeral home, and nobody was in there. We were hurting. And we got over that casket where my dad laid, and we had service. And we prayed, and we prayed that he would get raised up out of that casket. And you can write it off to two boys that were hurting. But we were praying in the Holy Ghost. We were praying. God's presence were there. And at the same time, him and I, we felt this, this answer from heaven. Now, I kid you not, it wasn't audible, but it was just as loud. The answer was no. No. And we both looked at each other and we felt that at that moment in that little room, in that, that little funeral parlor where my dad laid, the answer was no. And we had to take that to the bank, and I'll, I'll never forget that feeling. I still feel it, just like I'm talking to you right now. I still feel what I heard that day. And the answer was no. I wanted to have him around a little more. After all, he was just 63 years old. That's just right at almost my age now. I'd love to have him around, but God said no. And that is not fun when you hear that. And sometimes it's so hard for us to wrap our minds around this sometimes that some things are meant to be. It's hard to get a hold of that because we hear so much that God has our best... Yes, He has our best interest, but it does not say that we will not go through life without some challenges. Can I remind you of some things in the Bible this morning? Jacob, after wrestling with the Lord all night, walked with the limp the rest of his life. The Bible says he limped the rest of his life because he wrestled with the Lord. You would think if you wrestled with the Lord, you would have extremely good health, but he had a limp the rest of his life. The Bible says we are all appointed to die. Every one of us in this room have a date with death. Man, Art and I was talking yesterday, we're closer. It's not fun to talk about, but unless the Lord comes, it's all going to happen to each one of us. And you young folk looking up here saying, well, you're old. I'm going to tell you, you'll be here one day. But every one of us have that date with death. And it, the age varies. There's kids that die before they're 10. There's teenagers die. There's those that die in their 20s, their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it may be. I've lost friends from high school that didn't make it out of their 30s. I'm saying death comes, and it comes in various ages, but it does come. Because the Bible says we're all appointed and it comes in various ways. I want to go kind of like my granddad did. Not like the rest of the people screaming in the car while he was driving and sleeping. He didn't go that way. 
But we all try to choose the way we want to go. The recliner is just taking a nap. That sounds good. But we all will die. It's meant to be because the Bible says it's the way it is. Listen, Paul asked three times for the thorn in his side to be removed. All three times he got the same answer from the Lord. I'm not going to remove it. Come on, those are answers. That's an answer of no. Listen, David got the answer from God, and it was no. The child died. Even though he did everything spiritually that he knew to do, the answer was no. The child died. And sometimes that's the way a life is in our lives. Sometimes we don't get the answer. Sometimes we're not healed. And sometimes we get the answer that it is no. And sometimes our loved ones go on because the answer is no. See, even after all his pleading, prayer and praying and fasting, you had thought you would have thought that David would have had some change built up after slaying the Goliath or Goliath and not touching the Lord's anointing, even after his big sin had been restored and good standing with God, but God still said no. In the last fifteen years, and that's how long we've been here, y'all voted us in on spring break in two thousand eight. And we've been here for fifteen years. We've had God say no. I, we've had God say no on many occasions. Many of our friends are now in heaven. And I look around and I still see them in the sanctuary. But can I say it wasn't without pleading? It wasn't without fasting. And it wasn't without asking God. We didn't accept the news laying down. We went after God, yet they're not with us. And we've prayed for healing for certain folks and they've not been healed yet. But my friend, we are still going after God. Amen? Because of possibility. And there's in that life that we have to say, we will do what we can. But sometimes it was just meant to be. And we're still going after the Lord, believing. But many times we've seen the answer, no. I'm just giving you some reality this morning. I'm giving you reality that lines up with life. Even when Christians, and no matter how, how powerful they are in the Lord or whatever, they have also seen people pass or people not get healed. So what do you do when God, God's answer is no? We need to change our spectacles. Now listen to me this morning, just for a few more moments. Listen, don't get bitter. Get better through spiritual foresight. Don't get bitter. Get better through spiritual foresight. David could have got mad. David could have got all bent out of shape. After all... He was just getting back in relationship, right relationship with God. You think God would have done something special for him, but he took his boy. The Bible says in 2 Samuel verse 12, 20, listen to what it says. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped, worshipped him. 
and worship. And then he went to his house, and when he requested, then he, he requested, they set food before him, and he ate. David's servants thought David should mourn, yet he told them of what was going to, going to happen in the future. Listen, David was looking ahead with spiritual spectacles, not on what he was seeing on earth, but he was looking ahead with those spiritual spectacles, knowing of what was taking place in the future. 2 Samuel 12, 23, he says, But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. I'm telling you today, we must also look in a different way. When we get the answer no, we must put things in the right perspective of knowing that there's a day that's coming that's better than this day. Come on, we're Christians, amen? We're Christians, we have a a life besides this earth. The Bible says we're pilgrims passing through, and on the other side is a much better place. David didn't say nothing else other than this, that I will go to him, he can't come to me, but I will go to him. Who would agree with me? He's got some spiritual spectacles on at that moment. He's not looking on how it looks on this earth, but he's looking on to the future, and the future is bringing encouragement and strength into his life. It speaks clearly. And I think sometimes that's where we get sidetracked. How about us? Can I tell you this morning that Jacob no longer has a limp? Lazarus is no longer a beggar outside the rich man's gate. Heart disease may take me out, but it won't follow me to eternity. Amen? Cancer may take somebody out, it won't follow them to eternity. I've lost my loved ones and friends who went to sleep in the Lord, but I rejoice in the fact that one day, one day soon, I shall see them again. Hallelujah! Because of the power of the Almighty God and what God gives us when we look forward with the eyes of the spectacles of the spiritual eyes toward heaven. When we look that way, David didn't spend time trying to figure it all out on earth. He says, one day... I'll go to that boy. See, with the right spectacles, we can go on with life and enjoy life. You know, I thought about this, and, you know, these are made for my eyes right here. I really, y'all are really blurry without them. Maybe I should preach without them. But these are what my prescription is for this earthly place I live. Now, just put it in the spiritual realm for a moment. We have to quit looking at things according to earth's principles and things. We need to take off the way the world sees things. And we need to start looking maybe a little bit like they did in the book of Hebrews talking about they were just passing through. Now, these are my granddad's spectacles. When I get these out, I think about him, and one day I'm going to see my granddad again. These have been soldered here. They're old. I don't know how old they are. 
But, you know, I can put them on, and I see differently. And the thing about what I want to, I'm not going to preach for those, I fall down. But uh, <laughs> what I'm, I'm trying to express to you, I know that sometimes when we get the answer no, we've got to change. Take these off and put on God's spectacles. And we've got to look at what the Bible says about the future. And we may not be healed on this side of glory, but my word, I'm going to be healed on that other side of glory. I'm just saying today that we need to start thinking and looking like as Christians should. And I know it's not much comfort sometimes when someone just loses someone. Well, they're in a better place. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying today somewhere in there it's got to get rooted down in us that there is a better place. And there is a better day. And there is a time that we will all be healthy. And there will be a time that we'll all be in glory. Hallelujah. There'll be no more pain. No more parting over there. Hallelujah. No more death. Shut the Hallelujah. That day is coming, my friend. So when we are there, when I'm thinking about this body that's falling apart, it's not with some of it's my fault. But also at the same time, I know it's going to be better one day. Amen. The doctor won't be getting that much money from me. Hallelujah. The day is coming. And we just need to maybe... Wear the right glasses a little more often. That we see the way the Word of God speaks about things. Listen to what David... Get back over there just for a second, and I'm about done. I meant to let you all out 15 minutes early. Verse 20, I want to just say something right quick. So David arose. This is after the child passed away. He rose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. And then he went to his own house, and when he requested, when he requested, they set food before him. The whole ideal of getting up and washing and anointing is the fact that David moved on from grieving. He moved on from grieving. And you say that was quick. I get it. I understand it. And I understand that all of us grieve. When we lose somebody, or maybe we even grieve when God doesn't heal us. Come on, grieving is that we have this deep thing going on inside of us. But I'm going to tell you what we find from this. When God says no, we need to move on. Amen? We need to move on. Move on from the grieving part of it and go on. If God heals me, fine. If God doesn't heal me, fine. i got a better day coming. Amen? He moved on from grieving. And then we find here that he went into the house of the Lord and he praised God. He moved on and he started praising God and letting God just come down. I'm going to tell you, there's something that happens in the worship service when we just say, God, I love that song we sang this morning. Even when the sun's bright and everything's like it should be, it's easy to praise the Lord, right? But when things aren't quite right, how about then? Is it easy? But David stepped in and he got refreshed in the Lord. What's happening here is that we find that he went on with life. Come on, he went on with life. He didn't let a no from God sidetrack him, put him to the side, but he says, God, I'm going on. How many would say this morning that you need to go on? Amen? I miss some folks in my life. I truly do. This month, my mom has been gone one year. But I'm going to tell you, I don't go to the cemetery because that's not where my mama is. Amen? 
I may go back once or twice. I don't know. And y'all say, well, pastor, you're not a very good son. I just know that she's in heaven. Amen. And if you do that, I'm not, I'm just talking about me. I, I'm just saying today that you got to go on with life, regardless if you've got a no from God or you haven't been healed yet. You need to go. I need to go on. I have prayed and prayed over these problems with my body and I've yet to see healing. But my friend, I'm still going to preach. I'm still going to tell people about Jesus and I'm still going to wake up with a smile if I'm not hurting too bad and I'm going to enjoy life because I I choose to move forward. I choose to wash my faith and anoint my head with oil and go on until God takes me home or heals me. Amen. Amen. Life. Don't let, Pastor Oliver, you'll come. Don't let a no sidetrack your life. Go forward in God. Amen. Go forward. Let God do an amazing thing in your life this morning. Sometimes when we hear no, it has an effect on the way we see life. Amen. And we we just don't have joy anymore. One of my favorite Christmas movies is The Grinch. He's an old grouchy thing, couldn't get along with nobody, but I love the part where his little bitty heart started getting bigger every beat. You know what got him there? He was rejected, according to the story. I know it's not a real story, but (laughs) he was rejected. No, got him there. Hmm? And if we're not careful when God doesn't answer a prayer, we can end up in that same place. Used to sing with joy. I used to be excited about God. I used to enjoy being in church. I used to be enjoy, enjoy being around His people. But if we're not careful, just that one little deal. And maybe it's more than one. And you just, you know, your joy's gone. I got news for you. God wants you to have joy. I'm going to preach another message talking about laughter. Because God wants us. I think if there's anybody who ought to be happy, Brother Eddie, that's God's people. Amen? We ought to be some of the most cheerful people. But sometimes we just let a no, just totally take the joy out. And sometimes we need our heart. Come on. We need our heart to be dealt with again in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And we need to start letting the Lord, the Holy Spirit. You know what I, I found here lately? That if I'll just say, Holy Spirit, today, heal my mind. Holy Spirit, take these thoughts, take these things. Bring the joy that I once had in my life. Just let it stir up. Just a prayer. And you know, the next day you're thinking, wow, I feel better. Why? Because the Creator of all has done something in your mind and in your heart. Just letting the joy of God 